Henry's first sight upon waking in St. Jerome's Hospital is a blurry vision of the ceiling. It's seen from the first-person position, showing Henry waking up on the floor of an operating room with Walter far too close by. It's what a patient might see upon first awakening in a hospital bed. But this is no ordinary hospital, and there is very little healing being done here. The opening scene reveals Walter Sullivan as our antagonist for the first time. Not the first time we've seen him, but the first time we meet him as an enemy. Walter advances, Henry quickly retreats, yet he isn't followed out of the room, not yet. Despite the fact that Henry was so vulnerable and Eileen herself is close by, Walter seems content to play cat and mouse and let his victims run free a while longer. St. Jerome's Hospital consists of two floors of long hallways and a dozen or so rooms of nightmarish blood and viscera. Corpses, human skin, hanging limbs, and blood cover the halls of St. Jerome's. It is clear from the first scene showing Walter in the operating theater that this is his idea of what a hospital is, informed by his sadism, his hatred of women, and general violent tendencies. The goal of the level is to find the key that unlocks Eileen's room. To do so, Henry must wander the various rooms until he finds its location, as is revealed in a note left by a nurse. She lost the key in one of the other rooms, but doesn't know which one. Henry thus has to explore a hallway of horrid delights, hospital rooms full of death and monsters. The rooms contain human body parts. Long umbilical cords hang over the walls, Incubation rooms with long tubes bring to mind the womb, and the separation Walter feels from his mother. One room full of pills and a pile of flesh has the word HELL written on the wall in blood. It is an unfriendly place. Two types of monsters stalk the halls of St. Jerome's. The first are the sentient wheelchairs, which roll down the halls at a constant rate, causing damage if they touch Henry. Seen at the right angle, shadowy human forms can be seen sitting in them, including a still wheelchair in one room, which has a shadowy body that vibrates and moves. These chairs, so associated with the vulnerability and infirmity that comes with a hospital stay, have the extra frightening association of movement without a person, of the dehumanization of the patient that used them, as they are now invisible, their presence only implied. The invisible patient, depending on others and yet unseen by them, trapped in the chair as merely a shadow of a person. It's a horrifying thought. The other major monster of the hospital level is the patient a towering female corpse whose body is both rotting and mutating, with another head emerging from its skull. It is nearly naked, the clothes torn in the midriff and hanging from the limbs, and blood dots the torso. The first one that is seen is in the operating room, 
cut open by Walter, where it appears he is digging around in the area of the uterus. It's possible all these tragic creatures are his playthings, as many are found dead throughout the level, and all of them are covered in blood and scars and bulbous flesh along the waist. When hit, they make disgusting burping noises, the expulsion of gas being a major part of decomposition, and their bloated corpse-like bodies certainly seem to be decomposing. Yet they are huge, and clearly feminine in design, perhaps reflecting on how Walter sees his mother, larger than life, still thinking of her as a child might, as a towering figure out of reach. The rooms of the hospital contain many terrible things. One room has a trick ceiling covered in spikes which falls when Henry enters. Another has a giant model of Eileen's head, with pulsating eyes that watch Henry wherever he goes. The real Eileen makes no comment on the creature, though she makes many comments on other things she sees throughout the game, perhaps implying only Henry can see it. While the rest of the hospital ties heavily into Walter's backstory, this alone seems to be a shadow of Henry's making, possibly reflecting his guilt, how he's been watching Eileen without her knowing, and yet was still unable to stop her from being attacked. We see the aftermath of said attack in this level. Henry finds a whiteboard covered with notes from her treatment. Papers also cover the walls and floor. Pictures of her injuries dot the board, as well as marker with certain hard-to-interpret words. They possibly include unconsciousness, transfusion, vomicae, angiocrine, 920, abuse with a question mark, and rib wound. Many of these are easy to interpret. Two are more medical in nature. Vomicae relates to a cavity in an organ which fills with pus due to an injury or disease, especially common in the lungs. Angiocrine has to do with the cells that stimulate organ repair. In cases in which injury is severe enough that the injured person cannot repair them by themselves, an infusion of specific cells with angiocrine growth factors can stimulate healing. These words may imply Eileen was injured enough her lungs were punctured, and unable to heal without this specialized treatment. To reach Eileen herself, Henry must find the hospital room key. It's in the mouth of a cobra statue. Taking the key drops a cage over Henry, but it's an easily escapable trap. Using the key on the door opens the cage. The snake is an animal heavily associated with healing and the medical tradition. It appears on many famous symbols of the medical profession, sometimes even in the shape of a key-like object. The key in the mouth implies the danger of retrieving it. The mouth is where a snake's venom lies, after all. Yet the venom is also a part of the healing, as snake venom is used to create antidotes to said venom. Taking the key drops the cage, but the key itself is the solution to the cage. The danger is the solution. Facing Walter is the only way to escape him. The snake is also tied into the misogynistic backdrop of the level, as a symbol associated with the Garden of Eden and Christian interpretations of the fall of man. 
Walter's love for his mother is twisted by his background and the cult's abuse into a violent and hateful attitude towards women. Cynthia and Eileen both show this and how much worse their injuries were compared to most of his male victims. The twin victims, one a girl, one a boy, reveal how Walter's hate is directed more towards the feminine, as the boy was killed quickly and easily, and the girl was not. The hospital level seems to show some of that hatred as well. Eileen was a target for a long time, yet was only attacked the night she was planning to go out on the town, dressed in a more revealing fashion. Then Walter attacks, a possible condemnation of that sexuality. The idea is further reinforced by the name of the hospital that Eileen is taken to, St. Jerome's. As far as Catholic saints go, Jerome is not the most well-known or well-liked. Historically, he was an important person, the creator of the first Latin Bible, the Vulgate, and a commentator on many biblical stories. Living during the early years of the Christian Roman Empire, he had a great deal of influence on the early church and is famous for his violent hatred of sex and women. He values virginity above all, condemning all who fail to uphold chastity as lesser human beings. I praise wedlock, I praise marriage, he says in one letter, but it is because they produce me virgins. Reading his writings is a gross exercise in the commodification of purity as a value that makes you more human, more worthwhile than others. His ideals were dangerous. One young woman following his teachings starved to death in four months, and Jerome was not bothered by it. In fact, he was callously dismissive of her death and was driven from Rome by his own fellows shortly after. Even during his lifetime, he was seen as an extremist. Why choose St. Jerome, of all the saints, as the name of the hospital? It's a subtle hint at the themes of the level and the game itself. A story in which a twisted cult has destroyed a young man's mind and turned him against women in general, sexual women in particular. Cynthia's behavior marked her as a victim, Eileen was only attacked once she, too, took on a more sexual appearance. Walter's hatred is paradoxical. He loves and desires a mother figure, and he hates women and women who could become mothers, sexual women. There are some interesting connections to Silent Hill, too, in this level. We know that James's father, Frank, has lived in the Ashfield Apartments and been the super since it was built. Rachel, the nurse who cared for Mary, also lived there and Eileen was taken to St. Jerome from the apartments, telling us it's likely the closest hospital nearby. If James lived in the apartments, or at least nearby, we might surmise St. Jerome's is where Mary was treated, and the themes of the hospital fit her story as well as they fit Eileen's. There's also a small connection to Silent Hill 3, during the scene in which Walter is performing surgery. The patient victim is clearly Claudia, and her face is on display. Though the developers could have chosen to try and hide the obvious signs of her appearance, if their only desire was to save money on creating models. For comparison, the reused model of Angela in Silent Hill 2 is hardly recognizable, unless you examine the files outside the game. 
This model, however, is easily recognizable in a prominent cutscene. We know the events of Silent Hill 2 and 3 occurred before Silent Hill 4, though we don't know by how many years. Claudia was a child during the events of the first game. It's likely Walter was young as well. The connection to Claudia is unlikely to be one of a subordinate. They were probably closer to being peers. This makes three of the original games centered upon children the cult destroyed, each of whom was meant to be a tool used to usher in the god, and they were likely contemporaries. Alessa and Claudia were friends. Alessa was used as a sacrifice, Claudia attempted to recreate that sacrifice, and though Walter was given a different ritual, it had similar violent bloody ends. Each was raised to kill in the name of God, and each was destroyed by the cult in various ways. Showing us Claudia's corpse reminds us of these other victims, reminds us of Walter's origins and what made him the monster he is now. Thank you for listening to this week's Silent Hill Symbolism. If you'd like to hear more of my theories about Silent Hill, you can check out the rest of my podcast or my YouTube channel. You can support this work through Patreon, Ko-fi, or YouTube membership. Thank you to all the channel patrons. None of this would be possible without your support. Until next time in Silent Hill.